You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, any of them, is the leader of this team. Oh, the run. Pollard got a block. Cutting back inside to the end zone for another Cowboy touchdown. And Tyler Smith led him to the end zone. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM with the Joes and Aaron Hawksworth on the BetQL Network. Welcome back. BetQL Daily right here on the BetQL Network. Joe O, Joe G with you on a Monday Joined right now one of our favorite guests, Ian McDonald, at CRG Fusion on Twitter. He is on the GetMyPhoenix.com. Guests on the Phoenix, a revolutionary technology, helping men all across America get back to their best in the bedroom. Visit GetMyPhoenix.com to learn more. Ian, welcome back to the show. Always a fun time for the future discussion. We'll start with the NFL because we're at that time now where it's like we solidified some things, but there's still some open around the league. Maybe we can find some good numbers. Ian, let's start in the NFC. The Jimmy Garoppolo injury changed the numbers, as it should, right? The Niners have lost two starting quarterbacks now this season. They're still in good position to make the playoffs. Eagles number one, Cowboys on their tail. How how do you view big picture futures in the NFC after the Garoppolo injury? I look at it a couple ways, and I heard what you said earlier, and I'm going to remind you of something. Two years ago, I looked this up earlier. Two years ago, spring of 2020, two and a half years ago, Brock Purdy, by numerous analysts, was projected as a potential first-round pick in the 2021 draft. Now, for all the criticism that Matt Campbell at Iowa State comes under, maybe it's possible that he did not progress under him. A lot of people have questioned his game management and such in conference games and uh, all the close games that Iowa State's lost the last few years. Maybe he plateaued under uh, Campbell out at Iowa State. They lost a couple weapons, big-time weapons that they had also from uh, his sophomore year when he threw for almost 4,000 yards and almost 30 touchdowns. Joe, this, it reminded me at least, and tell me if I'm wrong, it reminded me a little bit of when Philadelphia five years ago went from Wentz to Foles. The books, or the, the odds makers said that was only a point or two drop in the point spread, going down uh, from Wentz to Foles, and that's when he was playing really well. Does it remind you at all of that? And that you go to Purdy, and here's a guy that maybe you have some doubt. You think, oh, this is going to be a disaster. When in reality, if Brock Purdy comes in under Shanahan's tutelage and doesn't need to do much, hands it off, makes the safe throws, the defense plays well, uh, could he surprise and play well, and then this team doesn't miss a beat? Now, is he going to do it in the playoffs? That I don't know. But when the number drops, uh, maybe that's a value play on San Francisco. But I'd be interested to hear your opinion on – the Wentz and Foles comparison, because I think that people made a lot more of that a few years ago than what the difference really was. Because remember, obviously, well, Foles came in and played, and they went on and won the Super Bowl. 
Well, I mean, it, you're right about that. The difference, what actually, what when you think about it, you go back to that season, they had their best offensive outputs under Foles after Wentz got hurt mm-hmm. in the playoffs, Super Bowl. Um, now, the one thing to throw in this conversation, I agree with you, the Niners aren't like finished. Like they can make a, they can win a playoff game or two with Brock Purdy. The Eagles did have a bye to get the offense together and they had a home field, right? So those two things really helped Foles do what he did. But if you tell me the Niners go and win a playoff game with Brock Purdy, I'm not going to be shocked. I, I, maybe they win one or two. I, I just can they win the Super Bowl though? That's that's a big that's a big you know leap for Brock Purdy. Here's, some, here's something that I was looking at last week, and I haven't looked at it this week, and I'll do that later today. Monday's a day when I like to look a lot of stuff up. Last week I laid out the 17 bracket with the teams that were in there. Dallas and Philadelphia mm-hmm. were up top. San Francisco with Garoppolo, of course, was in the bottom with Minnesota fraud, Giants fraud, Seattle fraud. So it looked like they had it the easiest path amongst any of the teams in the playoffs to at least get to the finals, and they were only going to have to play either Dallas or Philly. They weren't going to have to go through both. Now, we'll look at that and see how that shakes out later on, but I think whoever's in the bottom bracket out of those top three teams, because I think that between Dallas, Philadelphia, and San Francisco, obviously there's a clear uh, line between them and then the rest of the NFC uh, with some of the numbers that I look at. I think Dallas is the team that uh, Philly's – Number one, but Dallas, is, I think, is the team that's kind of emerged as the maybe the bigger threat, obviously, uh, especially in their last three games. They're at a plus two yards uh, per play uh, differential in their last three. And they haven't played, you know, the Texans and the Bears and a couple of the other drags. Um, so, you know, two, two yards per play difference to the positive is quite a difference. Small sample size, but uh, – they're, they're there. Dallas is a big threat, I think. And I don't think, shockingly, they're not getting enough talk considering how much they're covered. So I would look at any of the three, and I, I still like Philly, but I would look at any of those three and feel comfortable uh, taking them to maybe uh, win the NFC or win the uh, Super Bowl. Is there anything else you would do in the NFC? Because you're right. We all know the Minnesota Vikings are fraudulent. Uh, you, you threw out the idea that maybe San Francisco won't be as bad as maybe the market will end up saying. It will overreact. Tonight's game will go a long way in determining the NFC South winner. Another fraud, another team that's going to be a top four seed. So how do we attack it? We were talking about the idea how the, the Commanders-Giants tie could end up screwing the Lions in the end, plus 730 mm-hmm. to make the playoffs. Uh, maybe a team's sneaks in, and then they, they meet up with uh, Minnesota, take them out in the first round. What, what sort of other ideas do you have for the NFC? Yeah, there's a couple that I'm looking at. And uh, one of them, like you guys said, is somebody kind of comes in from off the edge, off the fringes. Um, I know the Lions might be a popular pick for that. Uh, something I like to look at is the last three games. How's a team doing with their yards per play that on offense minus their yards per play on defense? Uh, and Detroit has defensively has uh, cleaned a lot of things up. Uh, they're playing a lot better on defense. Their yards per play it was is last in the league. Last three games, 5.4 yards a play. Uh, now, the offense has struggled in that time, but you get Jamison Williams back too. Um, I'm really interested to see what kind of difference he can make. So the Lions may be a team that you take a look at and say, okay, I think I heard you guys say earlier that they were 7-1 to one, uh, to make the playoffs, you know, at some place. Um, and it's funny because people criticize the ties and they, uh, a ties more often than not, the anecdotal, seems like they help the team that ties if they're in the playoff race. It's not a loss. So, you know, I don't think that that's, you know, that could help all the teams from that division get in the playoffs. You know, I think that, I didn't think that that hurt the commanders or the Giants. 
I, I thought the Giants to miss the playoffs was a good play. Um, I would have looked at that uh, a couple weeks ago. They were seven and three, and their adjusted in-season win total was only nine and a half with six games to go, seven games to go. You know, somebody's telling you that they're a little bit fraudulent there. So that's one thing that that I might look at is uh, some of the teams, like you guys said, teams that are out on the outside, maybe looking in, looking at a Detroit uh, and see if they can make a little bit of a run because they're the hot team right now. Uh, I don't have any other teams that I, I like overly to tell you to put some money out there on that I think can beat both Philly, Dallas, San Francisco, two of them. But the Lions to at least make the playoffs at a good plus price, I'm on board with that. All right, let's look at the AFC now, uh, Ian, because the AFC, it feels like we have a three that are emerging at the top, right? Kansas City, Buffalo, and now we have to put Cincinnati in there. Would you play one of them? The numbers have been moving around a little bit. Would you go somewhere else down the board? When you look at the AFC, what's standing out to you? Buffalo, uh, the last couple of weeks has, I think, at least has struggled. Their play has fallen off a little bit. Again, you get another you know, Cincinnati, Buffalo, uh, Kansas City kind of uh, trio there. Two of them are going to be in one bracket. One of them is going to be in the other. Uh, who's going to only have to play one of them, I think, is big. Uh, so you've got to kind of lay out the bracket, see how it plays out. Uh, another team that is, uh, again, off the radar, like we just talked about in the NFC, the Las Vegas Raiders. You guys have talked about them. Last three weeks, 1.6 uh, – excuse me, 1.9 yards per play difference to the positive for the Raiders. They're the only team in the league over the last three weeks to average over seven yards of play. So big play offense with Carr. You've seen Devontae Adams has four games this year of over 100 yards and multiple touchdowns. Uh, Josh Jacobs running it. Offensively, they're dangerous. Maybe they just outscore teams. But if they get up on you, then you've got Crosby and Chandler Jones. We finally had a Chandler Jones appearance yesterday, shockingly. Had a couple sacks. Uh, he, had, he had been on a witness protection for the first 12 weeks. Uh, then they can kind of get after the quarterback a little bit, and then you might be in trouble. Um, so it's it's turning around, I think, in Las Vegas, and that, that point per play uh, difference really jumped out at me um, in the AFC. If I can go back to one thing in the NFC that I want to touch on, there are four teams that are in the top ten of both offense and defense yards per play. One of them you would never guess. It's the New Orleans Saints. So if you want to look at a team to emerge from the south, Yes, they're, what, two back in the loss column, but they get Tampa tonight. They've always played them tough. You find them at a plus price. Take a look. It's shockingly, they are eighth in offense, yards per play for the season, and they're ninth in defense. A half a yard, uh, 0.5 is the, is, the, is the difference. And like I said, that's just, it's not gospel, but that's just one of the things that I like to go by. And you would never think that with them being four and eight. The turnovers and penalties have killed them. All right, before the games yesterday, we got the uh, latest college football rankings. Do you have some sort of an angle there? I'm going to play, and I've, I've got this in a few places, I'm going to play Georgia to win the national title for the best number that I can find. And then I'm going to play against them, I think, with small plays in both games because I know that's where I'll get the, the plus money. So, and it – I don't. I, you know, I might not even play against Ohio State. I'm going to dig into that a little bit later. I think that Georgia's going to do to Ohio State what Michigan did to them. So I'm going to play them at the even money price, knowing that if I wanted to go against them, I'm going to get plus money wherever I go. And I, as a favorite right now, I've seen minus 130, minus 140 in a couple places. I know it's as high as minus 160. Maybe some people don't want to lay that. But for a team that's risen to the occasion like they have, 
so many times in big games. I know that they slept walk through a few games in Missouri and some of these others, but you know, for them to do what they do against good competition when they have to has been pretty impressive. And I think that, you know, minus one fifty, whatever it might be, is probably a pretty cheap price for that. So that's how I'm gonna attack it, which isn't uh isn't glamorous, but if I can get a plus price on the other side and, and maybe hedge, I think that's what I'm gonna do. Ian, let's talk some basketball here. I'm excited to get your thoughts on early season MVP. Looks actually more than early season, right? We're more than a quarter way through the season now. Um, curious where you go with where you think the value is. I mean, it's undeniable the last couple games what Anthony Davis is doing. I'm not sure if he's doing enough to put himself back. Is he back? Um, what are you looking right now? As we look, there's, I mean, there's three favorites at the top: Tatum, Giannis, Luca. All very similar in terms of their odds right now. Where do you look NBA MVP futures? Last time I was on with you guys, I remember talking about Giannis because I thought he would come out and play kind of the way that he's played. You know, he's got six games in a row of 30 or more points. But Anthony Davis was the guy that I was looking at. And I found him yesterday, and that number is gone. I got him at 250 to 1 to an MVP uh, here in mm-hmm. Illinois. And, I, yeah, I couldn't believe it. And uh, so I went ahead and played him. Uh, that number is now anywhere between I, the couple places I've looked this morning. 40 and 55, 40 and 60. There's still enough of the season, I think, that he is obviously not going to continue averaging 40 points a game like he has the last nine games. But if you're getting a passing of the torch from LeBron to AD, and AD is taking that, it seems like he's been reluctant to do so, and he stays healthy. He's one of those guys that hits the floor three times a game, and you're always wondering, what is, you know, what is it now? Uh, so he's got to stay on the floor. He doesn't get in foul trouble very often. Okay, last night's 55-point game, 17 boards, I think is probably what slashed his odds from 250 to 50. Uh, But I still think that there's enough of the season left, and playing alongside LeBron for one of your marquee franchises, maybe the Lakers are kind of turning it around. I I am not a complete buy-in, but I've got another award for you that I'll talk about a guy that that, uh, I think does still have some value. But he's going to get noticed anyways. So if he continues at that low to mid-30s and, and 15 boards and stays on the floor, uh, 55 is probably going to disappear pretty quickly too. So, it, yeah, that may be still worth the play. All right, got a couple minutes. So uh, what else is on your mind with NBA? Awards, divisions, playoffs? What's, uh, what are you thinking? Yeah, I'll give you a couple things. Um, you know, with this wing here, bad wing, all I've done is watch sports. So you think I have a few winners here, right? I know what I'm talking about. I found a guy last night. You guys can find him. Uh, six man of the year, Lonnie Walker is 250 to one for most. Uh, I'm sorry, not six man of the year, most improved, most improved player, okay. 250 to one. Now I know that that award has already been handed out uh, essentially to Shea Gilgis Alexander. If you look at the betting markets, Lonnie, Mar- Lonnie Walker is, is stats almost across the board are up about five points a game. Uh, assists are up a little bit. Rebounds are up one. He's averaging uh, uh, almost a steal. Uh, had some blocks early. Has had them late. Shooting percentage is well up, especially from two. Shooting about 55%. He's never approached that before. I don't know if he's due for some regression, but playing alongside LeBron and AD, you'd think he would continue to get open shots. So he's at 17 points a game here in, in, his, last, uh, in his last nine, kind of the same run that AD's on. It's been under the, under the radar shooting over 50% from two, over 40% from three, and he's missed one free throw in his last nine games, 21 for 22, okay? I think at 250 to one, absolutely. You know, I'd still take a look at him even at 40, 50, 60 to one, you know, and, and at some other books, he was over 100 to one. 
So, you know, you can still find a, a, a good price on them. And I know I came, I came on here with you guys, and you probably remember it six months ago, and was furious with some of the voting that went on in the NBA. This award is a little squirrely. I'm going to tell you that right now. But if you can grab a guy like Lonnie Walker maybe and just kind of put him in your back pocket because he plays for the Lakers and he plays alongside LeBron, he'll get noticed and such. The betting market I don't think necessarily reflects what people think of who the most improved player is. Great stuff, Ian. We always appreciate hopping on. Ian McDonald on GetMyPhoenix.com. Guest sign, the Phoenix, a revolutionary technology, helping men all across America back to their 